Sounds good. Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to another episode of Training Well Done, your podcast on the what, the why, and the how of quality training. And today, I'm here with my man, Jasper Tom. He um, lives out in the great area of D.C., uh, part of that D.C. Breeze AUDL uh, Ultimate Frisbee team, as well as, you know, he was a former teammate of mine with the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds. For our listeners who do not know, I play Ultimate Frisbee with the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds. Jasper was a teammate of mine there, and he's a CMU alum. Um, went to Worlds back in 2019. He's a, he's a player that I aspire to be like and aspire to train like, but I am just not. Um, what's going on, my man? How you feeling? Doing good, Donald. Thanks for having me. That was good to be on the show. We were speaking of CMU. We were just chatting about them. You're going up to our regionals to go check them out. Correct. Yeah, this is one of my last opportunities to see some of the folks that I played with and that I kind of mentored when I was a captain back in the day. I'm getting rapidly older as we speak, so soon I won't know anyone at school. So this will be fun to see them all at regionals. How many years has it been since you graduated? Let's see. It was May of 2019. So, yeah, over two years. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember when you were there. Two years ago, May 2019. (laughs) I was about to be 2022. (laughs) Oh. Um, Okay. So, I want to talk, you know, for everybody listening, I want to talk to Jasper about his journey training. Jasper's, uh, I'll let him share this information about himself, but he's quite a player. And we've had the uh, privilege to be able to work with him in this last season, uh, getting ramped up for this year. And, you know, I love to bring people on the show and talk about how did you get to where you are? There's people who listen to the show who, you know, are young high schoolers who are looking to make their mark and some of them are very talented. Some of them, you know, could get some more talent, would help out. Others, you know, they just love having fun. Some of them, it's too much of a grind, but they all sit in the spectrum of, you know, they compete, they work hard, and they do their thing, and they want to get better no matter where they're at right now. And it's good to know and hear from people who were in their shoes of, you know, hey, I was somebody who's new to the sport, and you know, it wasn't good to start or, you know, maybe you were and, you know, you got better and struck gold and, you know, went high with your goals. And so I want to hear more about that story today, Jasper. Um, right now, what you just got done playing, uh, you're playing league right now? Yep. Back to the, the humble roots of ultimate, just playing league in the city. Everyone's involved, you know, everyone's invited. There's no tryouts or cuts, so... So it's good to play. How do you like playing league? I think part of me has to change the mindset going in, where depending on who your teammates are, depending on who the team you're playing, sometimes, and this sounds perhaps not great, the odds that you'll win are like 0% because the other team just might be super stacked and all your best players are at like a wedding or something like that. So league is a lot more variable. And as long as you have the right attitude, like, hey, I'm going to have fun, I'm going to meet some new people, or I'm going to work on this skill that I usually don't do, I think it'd be a great time. And I think, honestly, that's taken me a little bit to get to that point where I would be a little too competitive, perhaps, for the scenario. 
in the situation, but now I think I'm in a good spot. So I enjoy league. So are you that like 20 year old try hard at like summer league who would just go out of your way to like do everything? I think try hard has been my thing for a long time now. <laughs> I, was, I remember being called that at high school practices after running too much, you know, whatever, whatever that even means. So yeah, the try hard runs, runs strong in my blood. Listen, I fully endorse it. Uh, you know, that's been my <laughs> life, uh, especially when I was younger, um, you know, doing too much. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have playoffs coming up? We do. We were able to officially clinch a bracket spot. I believe we finished second in our pool. I have no idea, though, what the pool structure is, if I'm going to be honest. It was more like a show up. We'll play the games, see where we go. So I hope the team wins. We'll, we'll have to see. I'll watch from afar out in Columbus as oh, Columbus, yeah, Ohio. In Columbus. So yeah. you're the person. So, so you're the person you were just talking about who, you know, all your best players are out because they're at a wedding and you're going to be out <laughs> watching Ultimate at regionals instead of actually being there playing. Shame on you. True. I've just exposed myself. <laughs> didn't even think about that. <laughs> yep, that's, that's me. Oh, man, that just happened to me. I played flag football on Sunday. I don't think you know that. And we had our flag football playoffs this weekend. Like, normally I oh, play, God. and we won, like, our summer league. We won the spring league. Nice. And um, this year, like, it's the fall. We were going to go for the trifecta. But I had – I'm not going to say that I'm definitely the reason we didn't win, but, like, I do have a meaningful role. And mm-hmm. I was at the ETC 10-miler, so I couldn't go. We lost the playoff game by, like, one score. So then we didn't go to the championship. Oh, no. oh, I wish I could play. <laughs> oh, that's tough. So I assume your role is in the scoring capacity. You're on the O-line? Uh, no, so it's flag football. So, like, oh, flag, uh, okay. I play mostly defense. Um, okay. It's just, like, my role on defense is that nobody catches the ball on that side of the field. Or, and I usually, mm-hmm. you know, come up with an interception or at least definitely like, there's nobody scoring on that side of the field. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. potentially that one or two of those scores would just not have happened or they would have had to work way harder to get them. But, no, I'm not I'm not a big offensive player football-wise. I'm not going to lie. Catching's not my strong suit, strong suit. It's hard. That ball is, like, kind of coming in really fast. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, Jasper, um, tell us a little bit about your, you know, recent – you're happy not – no, your recent. Their, their happiest successes playing ultimate um, over the, you know, as you, have you matured in the sport? It's hmm, a great question. Let's see. One moment that kind of sticks out was this showcase game that happens every year between, you know, CMU, my university and university of Pittsburgh. University of Pittsburgh being a perennially, you know, a top 10 college team in the nation. And, you know, each year I was at Carnegie Mellon, they would always smack us and beat us. And the whole community would come out to watch this as a showcase. So in addition to losing to people that you know and people that you, you know, are your kind of your bitter rivals, but they're definitely, you know, usually more skilled and more equipped, you're losing in front of like 100 people in the Pittsburgh Ultimate community. So this year, though, 2018, it was a great year. We had a you know, big senior and fifth-year class. And so we were able to turn it on, and we beat them 15 to 13 in 
probably one of the most satisfying wins ever <laughs> as a team. And then personally, it was kind of a, I think a moment for me where I was able to feel very confident in my offensive abilities, kind of running parts of the offense, whether you know, it was through the cuts I was making or the throws I was making, and then defensively also getting a little more aggressive there. So I think that was definitely a memorable win and kind of uh, a change in mindset of, you know, we can actually do this. And, you know, I think I've come of age, so to speak, in the ultimate sense. Was that through senior year or was that through junior year? That was the start of my senior year. Okay. Nice. I'm trying to remember if I was there that game or was that the one in 2019 I was at? I was at one of those showcase games. Mm. I didn't know everybody back then. So my... Ah, that's okay. So, <laughs> so you felt like you were, you know, playing against Pitt, and I'm, I'm presuming you did well during that game? Yeah, I think the game was the 15. I'm trying to remember. I think I got, like, one block, maybe, like, three or four goals and four assists, and I think I only had one turnover. So I think oh, it was so best for high, for half of the points. minus. I mean, that's not an accurate representation. <laughs> I could watch back well, the you film. you caught three and threw four. <laughs> Something. I mean, I'm trying to think. It was some some number that was that was good. <laughs> but okay. That's what I remember. And so that boosted your confidence. And like, did, what did you feel change about you after having a moment like that or a game like that? I think it was the confidence to kind of take charge when it was my time to shine. I think mm. there was a lot of hesitation I used to have in the field, like, oh, is it my turn to go? Or, oh, should I make this throw or take this shot? And this is one of the first times where I was like, I'm just going to do it because I know I can do it. And I think that was kind of a change in, in mindset and then also just in performance as well. Mm -hmm. I like that. So take us back, way back. How did you start playing ultimate? You know, you think about a moment like that. You're in college, you're beginning of your senior year. You're like, you know, that guy or one of those guys. And you have a moment where it's like, wow, I'm a really good player against really good players. And then that changes, you know, how you are mentally. But let's take it back to before you knew that. Mm -hmm. The very beginning. How did you get an ultimate? The very beginning, let's see. Thinking way back, this is, I think, 20, 2012, I think, my sophomore year in high school. This was my brother, basically, who was a senior, saying, hey, why don't you come to this practice, Ultimate Frisbee, you know, and I knew nothing about it. We were very disorganized, but I know for sure that there were, like, pick calls were a thing where, you know, if you run and you collide with someone else on defense, it's a pick, unlike in basketball, in ultra frisbee, picks are illegal. And so it stops play. And I remember the younger brother of someone else was like, you're causing too many picks, man. And for some reason, that just turned me off of it. And I didn't come back the entire year. So I missed actually my only opportunity to ever play with my brother. But the next year, junior year, more of my friends were playing. So I decided to fully commit a little bit more. I was still playing soccer at the time. And, you know, we showed up to the state tournament with about 10 people. And then we were down to like eight by Sunday. You know, a couple of people got heat stroke and whatnot. And after that, I think I was pretty hooked, you know, stopped playing soccer and really fully committed my senior year of high school. After playing Savage, almost. 
Yes. Yeah. I think other teams that showed up, they had, you know, like 20 different parents would show up and the parents would bring like fruit and like a canopy, you know, and all these kind of different things and tents and chairs. And we had like one cooler. That was our setup. And one guy forgot, I think two people forgot to bring cleats. And wow. then someone else had, yeah, it was, it was, it was a squad. So like, what about that experience said, oh, you know what? This is a sport for me. <laughs> That's true. Cause well, I think if we didn't win any games, it would have been a little bit more sad, but we managed to barely beat one team. So <laughs> I think that was key. I think. So, so keep going, keep going. <laughs> I think something about the game is what kind of spoke out to me as far as the kind of balances where you can be really aggressive, like on defense, but then you can be very poised and composed on offense. You could be really aggressive on offense, um, but you might shoot yourself in the foot there. But it's kind of like a, a balancing act, a yin and yang within the game that I think is most exciting. Hmm. Okay. And so what happened that day that, that made that shift? Because you have your team, you were running out of people. Uh, you know, people forgot cleats. You don't have enough nutrition. You know, because you're living with one cooler for all eight of you. And then you got only win one game in the whole tournament. So, like in that experience, you know, how how what did how did you walk away saying like I gotta do that again? <laughs> Was it that mix of like aggression and poise that you have? What what happened specifically though? I'm trying to think, think back to then. I mean, in high school, there are, you could say, a lot more highlights because the game is not as refined. So there's more opportunities to do, you might say, spectacular things or whatnot. There's more, more exciting things happen because the quality of the game is lower, to be honest. So I think something about that was very exciting to me. And... But looking back, yeah, you asked a good question. Like, why did I stick with it after we got hammered? <laughs> yeah, absolutely destroyed. So I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think it's something about the game. Definitely having friends in the team. When you're friends with your, your teammates, then you're, you know, more willing to put in the work for them. So I think that's definitely an element, too. Mm-hmm. And you said this was your junior year this happened? Yes. So, you know, take us into your senior year. Did you return back to that team? Yep. Back with the team, we had, I think, over 20 people <laughs> at that state tournament the next year. So that was a big change. We had a lot more focus on like throwing and you know skill building in addition to some people trying to get into lifting and then getting more into the strategy piece. But I think when I kind of fully committed over from soccer to like, hey, ultimate frisbee, I'm going to do this and I'm going to commit. I think that was what made it really fun. Um, hmm. Why? Hmm. I'm trying to think back. Back to high school. Back in the day when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like so long ago. <laughs> 2014, what does that even... I don't even Dude, I graduated that. college in 2014. Stop it. Oh, Sorry to <laughs> hit you with that then. 
I think what it was, was, well, so definitely the friends piece. That's always huge. It was fun to just hang out, to be a senior and not have to worry, you know, about college and whatnot, because that was all figured out. Luckily mm. enough, I feel very fortunate in that regard. So it was mostly just, you know, focusing on Frisbee, focusing on, you know, what impact I could have. I think I ended up doing a lot more in the field that senior year because I just knew a little bit more. And I think some, there's a lot of like Frisbee media out there that I could kind of consume, like the Next Gen Tour, which is a tour where they used to have college all-stars kind of come together and tour around. And they had some really cool highlights highlight reels and stuff like that and media out there that was, you know, super exciting and fresh uh, for me. And it really kind of hooked me in. Okay. Oh, yeah. You, so you had Instagram in high school. And... Well, I guess they probably YouTube. Uh, yeah, it, it was YouTube. It was YouTube, I'm going to be honest. Okay. okay. And so, boom, you're a smart guy. So you went to CMU. Um, how do you end up going to CMU? Because you're from California. And CMU is in gloomy Pittsburgh. So, First of all, how did you end up leaving California to go to CMU? And then, you know, let's talk about CMU Ultimate. So that was a big, a big deal. True, true. So I studied design in college. And what kind of design? It turns out interior design. I don't think it was kind of like product, product design or graphic design was kind of the, the general angle. But you just kind of apply as design in general, and then you kind of specialize after that. And it turned out that a lot of the schools I ended up applying to, or a lot of the, you know, top sort of design schools that I was interested in were out in the East Coast. So I applied to like Rochester Institute of Technology and to Syracuse and to like Rensselaer Polytechnic and like Drexel and Carnegie Mellon. Those were actually the only schools I applied to. So it's five schools all on the East Coast. So that's how I ended up out there, which... Yeah, who knows if I would have stayed in, stayed in California, gone through the UT system. And then CMU Ultimate, if I'm going to be honest, my coach heard that I was going to CMU in high school, my high school coach, and was not, not thrilled. He was almost asking if I could go and try to practice with Pitt because um, he knew they were good. And thinking back now, yeah, that would never happen. I would not. <laughs> never want to associate myself with, uh, with practicing at, at Pitt. So. <laughs> yeah, CMU Ultimate. <laughs> some of my, some of my, you know, good friends, uh, you know, graduated from Pitt, but there's that that rivalry there that I could never. He didn't understand through. how deep that rivalry was all the way in. College. Yeah, it would be a betrayal. It would be a betrayal to do something like that. <laughs> okay. So when you when you had applied to college, you knew that you were playing Ultimate in college. I think I knew. My brother was playing at Tufts which was a much more established like Frisbee team. Like they would go to nationals uh -huh. at least every other year or so. So he was kind of into it. And when he would come back, we would throw and stuff. And that's also what kind of kept me really interested. You know, I want to be like my older brother, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. kind of got that going. And then, yeah, showing up, I think that was the like social organization that I definitely wanted to get involved in the most. Okay. So, boom, you hit the scene as a freshman at CMU. Um, how was, how, take me through that journey uh, when you started playing at CMU, you know, I imagine you were definitely pretty athletic regardless back then. You played soccer. I know you're really athletic now. So you were athletic when you showed up to CMU. 
What was that learning curve of playing college ultimate like over those uh, leading up to that senior, you know, showcase game? Like, what you know, what was that journey like? How did it? Did you get smacked in the face as a freshman? Not literally. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Maybe I did. Honestly, smacked <laughs> in the face because it's definitely more physical in college. Uh, the game, you know, people are just bigger and faster. So that definitely took kind of getting used to. There was just much more organization that I didn't even know about in high school. You know, it's kind of like, okay, and now we're going to huck it to Jasper is kind of like the general mentality maybe in high school. But here, you know, there's a lot more strategy that goes involved. And what if the other team is doing like switching and bracketing and poaching? And so that was, you know, a whole different level of in-game IQ that I had no idea about. I had a couple bad habits as far as my throwing mechanics, I actually ended up changing my flick grip my sophomore year because I was using a suboptimal way of holding the Frisbee, which was, yeah, embarrassing. I went that long doing that. <laughs> that was definitely, a, you know, how did you do it? Increase. Or how, how did I hold it? Or Yeah, before. It was, I didn't hold it very tight. And it was kind of, very susceptible to like falling out of my grasp if I would try to make a fake it would often lead to me throwing it into the ground so <laughs> it led to a coach of mine saying hey instead of throwing the flick maybe just throw the backhand you know <laughs> just avoid flicks entirely so yeah I definitely wasn't a good at throwing by any means <laughs> for maybe like the first three years or so in in college and definitely also had some trouble adjusting to academics. So that also, I would say, stunted my ultimate <laughs> Frisbee growth, to be, to be honest. Like as in Frisbee was taking up too much time to study? I think some of that, or I was doing a lot of working hard, but not working smart. Like we had morning practices as a freshman and, you know, they would start at, I think, 7 a.m., which doesn't sound that early now, but back then it was, you know, big deal. Oh my God, I have to wake up at 7 a.m. for practice before everyone has class. And what I would do is I would pull an all-nighter and then at like 6 a.m. go to the where the practice was inside. This is during the winter time. Fall asleep on like a like wrestling pad or something. And someone would wake me up and say, hey, it's time for practice. And that's, you know, ridiculous. No one should ever do that. Uh, but I was doing that like, regularly. Yeah. <laughs> How did you come up with that plan? It it was less of a less of a plan and more like it kind of happened. <laughs> you know, it's you like socializing all night. Like, were you just hanging out too late? Yeah, I was. It was in design. You're often in what they call studio, so you wouldn't go to the library to study. You'd go to studio to work on your projects. And so, yeah, I would just be in studio. Like, oh, it's four a.m. Looks like it's time to get my coffee and pop tart, and you know, power through here. So, yeah, it was less of a plan. Plan is, is charitable to, to what I ended up doing. God, college students are hilarious with the way they do things. Yeah, the time management. <laughs> okay. So, um, three years to get the flick. Like, you're not, you're, you're serious. Like, you did not throw a good flick to, like, junior year? Yeah, because I used the new flick grip, and my grip, now I had to grip the disc tighter, and my hands were really weak. So my grip strength, I would like throw and like my wrist would like really hurt initially. And so that is like, well, now I can't throw it very far. Like I went from using a suboptimal flick grip and throwing it, being able to throw it maybe like 45 yards to mm -hmm. using a better flick grip 
and only being able to throw it like 25 yards or so. And so building up that confidence, like how are you going to huck it to someone if you only throw it like 25 yards? Like how are you going to throw it deep? It's just not going to happen. Okay, I get it. I definitely get it. So we're, we're hitting that part, right? So we get high school, you start playing, you, you like it. You go through your first years of college, and I imagine you were probably just a defensive player for the most part. Yes, almost entirely. <laughs> it was, you know, some some work on offense a little bit. Our team in 2016 was, to be frank, quite poor. I think we went from being ranked maybe in the high 90s my freshman year to being like in the 200s my sophomore year so that was kind of a bit of a downturn there <laughs> and mm. after that trying to build up trying to I started getting more involved in leadership and deciding you know what kind of things we would try to do in practice so that also kind of sucked me in even more and made me think a little bit more okay so how how much success did you find as a defensive player in those three years in those first three years, I think it was pretty varied, I think, pretty varied. Sometimes kind of have an on game, sometimes have an off game. It was definitely kind of inconsistent where I wasn't thinking about the game as much. It was kind of like, well, if the person I'm guarding is not as quick as me or not as fast as me, I'm going to eat them up. I'm going to get a block on them. This should be easy. But, you know, if someone was a little bit more athletic than I was, then it was kind of a problem since my understanding of my fundamentals weren't quite there. Like I wasn't thinking about how I want to be shuffling with my hips, you know, like parallel to them or something like that, or thinking about the mechanics of chopping my feet, which is something I definitely you know, gained a lot from working with you on. So that part wasn't really a part of the game at all. So I think it was definitely a kind of ceiling there, especially since my time in the gym was, I would say inconsistent, but it was okay. there, but inconsistent. Yeah. All right. So changing gears, because I'm hearing that and I'm like, okay, something changed your senior year. You have the showcase game, you change your grip. And then, you know, you played with the, you didn't play with the Thunderbird 2018, you played with them 2019, right? You played yes, Thunderbirds yes. 2019. You went to Worlds 2019. So something mm -hmm. had to change. Take us through what you did, you know, throughout 2018, 2019 that helped revolutionize how you played that game. Because, you know, what I'm hearing, it sounds like you were this athletic stud who did not know the flow of the game. You know, offensively, you weren't able to throw the flick which sounds like oh, then on the other hand, offensively, you weren't getting reps offensively to understand offensive flow either because offensive flow is about getting the reps there. Then on the other hand, defensively, it's like, hey, I know how to play my person right here, but I don't know how to play the field and, you know, play with less energy. The whole thing, you know, working smart, you know, sometimes going uh -huh. super hard man with no respect to the rest of the field can be exhausting. And we could miss opportunities versus playing the position and knowing the role there. You can save a little bit of energy and you can, you know, be a little bit more of an asset. So take us through what changed from going from the athletic defensive stud 
to the person that had a breakout showcase game and scored half of your team's points to being able to play AUDL. And you played Temper that year too? I did. So then going to play AUDL, the top men's club, and go to Worlds the next year. So what, what changed about your training? I think actually a moment was, yeah, my junior year, I think near the end of the season, I actually tore a ligament in my knee. <laughs> I tore my LCL. And I was just out for the rest of the college season. And I think what I was doing before was some like random internet, like jump higher in two months or something. And it involved like doing all these like jumping things over and over again, wasn't at all focused on injury prevention. And yeah, a bit of a downfall there because I had to miss, miss the whole college season because of that. So I think that definitely changed my mind as far as, or my mindset towards injury prevention and the importance of lifting to stay healthy. So that was for sure a, a distinct change. And I think when I was then watching people play, I was thinking more about making sure I'm dictating on defense. You know, I'm not just going to follow around my person and just try to mimic their movements because they're always going to have an advantage since they get to move first on offense, not to you know respond to that on defense. So I think watching, spending time on the sideline, honestly, injured, watching what people were doing, and seeing that I, looking at back at film, I would do that too, and then vowing to never do that again, basically. So I think some of that was there. Being injured also put kind of a chip in my shoulder. Like, I can't believe we're losing to these, to these teams. I, I feel like if I was out there, maybe I can make a bit of a difference, maybe. But it was very much motivated to be, you know, when I come back, I got to really hit, really hit it and really start working um, on my game. Okay. And what were, you know, you mentioned being able to dictate where people are going, working on injury prevention. So what were the, some of the finer points that you started doing differently with how you, how you trained from how you scheduled your training to what, you know, what kind of exercise you started doing, how you studied the game, you know, in those kind of regards of, you know, what, what did you start doing differently to actually achieve those three goals of, being able to dictate, uh, being able to keep yourself healthy, and um, being able to understand the game in, in your body? Yeah, some good questions. Let's see. For the, I think I'll, I'll tell you, I'll talk about dictation and understanding the game second. The nutrition and injury prevention piece, I think, was just consistent lifting and making sure it's not like, oh, I'm going to do a bunch of bench, so I have like, you know, huge triceps and a massive pecs, you know, or something like that. You know, I'm not working on bicep curls, which admittedly I did do my freshman year since it's, you know, a very freshman dorm guy thing, you know, oh, you know, we got to do these curls. So no more of that. I actually decided to start focusing in and getting more consistent, I think was the main thing. Less on and off, making sure I'm going, you know, at least once every week, probably two or three times a week. So I think that was super important in addition to actually going with other people too. So having those gym buddies. Mm. having that support kind of structure. And then for being able to dictate on defense and kind of understanding the game, I think one thing that also helped was that our film presence at CMU was definitely on the up and up. Like more people were interested in watching film, more people were interested in analyzing film, a film of us playing, by the way, in, you know, against different opponents and looking like, oh, this is how we get beat or, oh, why do we keep doing this in the field? And then individually, like, oh, why do I keep, you know, turning my hips so quickly and 
you know, looking at the disc instead of looking at the person I should be covering. So I think that also helped there in addition to the overall just buy-in of the team. Going back to the kind of friends thing, it sounds silly, but between the junior and senior year, I think the team, the amount of people who really cared about performing on the field and who were really close friends and would spend time outside of practice, that number just increased a ton. And so it was like, okay, I'm not going to just go out and play hard and practice hard and lift hard for my teammates. I'm going to go out, practice hard, lift hard for my, you know, like extended family here that I'm really going to put it all out in the field for. Yeah, that's a big change. And, you know, that film part, being able to study the film, did you learn a lot mm -hmm. through that? I think so. I still have an ongoing document that has a bunch of different timestamps as far as like, oh, this you did this or this you didn't do this. And this was something I would also work on in club with some of my older teammates, honestly, who played at Pitt, <laughs> the rival team. But I didn't, I didn't dislike them as much since they, uh, they didn't, I didn't directly play against them. So it was cool. But they would often, you know, provide their wisdom as far as, you know, how to, how to position in certain places since that wasn't something, you know, we even talked about at CMU as much. Yeah. And so, wow, you're going to be modest because that's just who you are. Um, wanting to take you a step from there. What did you do playing wise? that gave you success to have the type of 2019 that you did? Um, yeah, well, how did you qualify? How did you make the Thunderbirds? How did you make temper? How did you make girls? You, especially going from the type of player that you were before, which, you know, you, know, you weren't no scrub, but that wasn't a world's mm -hmm. campaign if you can't throw a flick as a junior. And you went mm -hmm. to the world next year. So, like, right, yeah, right. what did you start doing better? What were all these things that you did better tactically playing wise hmm. to make Good those question. three rosters. Yeah, I think. And you were a Go Callahan ahead. nominee. Oh, that's true. But I mean, yeah, that is true. That is true. So <laughs> I guess one piece is that well, I had, I had been on temper in 2016, 2017, although okay. the team was, uh, far worse, we'll say, <laughs> than it was in 2018. 2018, some people who I, so I first made the team in 2016, along with another batch of new kind of folks. And then a lot of them actually got cut in 2018. But so I think there was some element of seeing myself kind of improve and get either more playing time or have more impact on the field in comparison to some of the folks who were my peers at the time, but I would see them kind of stay stagnant at kind of the same level and I would kind of start to supersede them. And I think that may have been a bit of just kind of understanding and you're trying to figure out, figure out different parts of the game. That sounds really vague. <laughs> okay. So let me, let me try again. Let's see. I think it was to degree a little bit of specialization and that I want to get really good at these things, and then I'm going to go and do those things. And so those were like, I'm going to be really good at covering and guarding handlers on defense. That was something I definitely focused on a bunch and talked with you know, my captains a bunch in club. And then I'm going to get really good at throwing. I still have a lot to go, but 
from the not being able to throw a flick, that's you know, a huge thing I need to work on. And so there was a stent where I'd try to be throwing every day and throwing before practice and throwing after practice. And so making sure I'm always kind of focusing on that was, I think, huge and especially huge for making that uh, USA Worlds team. Okay. Um, cool. So, you know, tell me a little bit more about specializing. So I, I've gotten to know you more as like understanding, hey, Jasper is, you know, a great D-line handler. What made you decide to focus on that? And how was it, you know, how does it feel to decide to like, this is my thing? Mm-hmm. I think part of it is just a physical stature thing. So I think a lot of, a lot of cutters in the elite club scene are six one, six two, you know, or taller. And so that's definitely an issue there where it's just a height mismatch. And so that makes it tough. And I noticed a lot of handler defenders were maybe not like their superpower kind of on the field was how quick they were um, and how they were able to kind of figure out what a different handler in the other team would like to do. And so I saw that kind of fit my skill set a little bit more. And I saw people on my team, for example, Carl, Carl Morgenstern, who's an old guy from Pittsburgh. He was someone I looked up to who was like similar stature to me, you know, pretty explosive and pretty quick, but you know, not as tall. And he ended up making the world's team in 2017. And that was a big inspiration to me. Like, Hey, you know, this is maybe possible because I practice. He's not, I mean, I'm, he's clearly better than me, but he's not absolutely smoking me. So that was always kind of, once I figured out that he can make it like, ah, okay, it's possible. This is a, this is a goal I'm going to have now that I want to push for this. Okay. Um, and so you picked that role and you obviously had a lot of success with that. Um, kind of moving through, you know, so you had this awesome year. How, first of all, how was the experience playing roles? Like, let's talk about that. It was, it was kind of surreal. It's a bit of a dream. It was like getting to play with the people I had, you know, watched and looked up to in the, you know, national college national championships or the club national championships, all these people who I'd seen, who I did, I knew they were like the same age as me roughly, but they came from much more prestigious backgrounds, so to speak, as far as like the university they went to and prestigious as far as like Frisbee ability, like their teams they would play on college were consistently like top 10 in the Mm -hmm. nation and stuff like that. So that was very cool to share that spotlight to play and just see there were like over 30 different countries there. So playing against different styles of ultimate where, you know, you, certain things happen that you don't expect are going to happen because in the U S it's like, well, we're not going to make that throw and make that cut because that's not how we do things. But a different team is like, Oh, that's a great option. <laughs> we're going to take that option. And so being able to adjust to that, I think was a very interesting challenge. It also helps that we, we did not win in gold. So that, that felt good Get to beat the Canadians. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. So taking us more towards present day, you know, your development, so you're now playing with the DC Breeze. Um, how was it, you know, how did, how was it making it through the pandemic and then having this season, how did your development feel going into the 2021 season? Uh, from, you know, leaving that awesome 2019 year, revving up for 2020 and it not happening, and then 
you know, now you just had this 2021 season you just finished. How did you feel your development adjust over that time, you know, to this recent season you were, you guys were in the playoffs, right? Yes. Yeah, we actually finished number one in the division, which was a huge accomplishment, but we did get upset actually in the first round. So we did lost in the first round of the playoffs, but we did make the playoffs, which I don't believe we did the year before or two years before, pardon So that was pretty huge. And then kind of leading up to that, I think it was kind of in a weird spot as far as coming out of the pandemic, like training wise, trying to assess out, you know, what would be safe for me and what I would be comfortable doing as far as whether it's with the gym or whether with other people. So training honestly was a little bit tricky, but thinking forward to that moment of when we get back to the field, I want to be as ready as possible. And that was kind of a ever burning fire. So I kept, kept up with workouts and kept trying to throw on the side, despite being kind of in a new location where I didn't know as many people. So it was, it was a bit of a struggle, I'm going to be honest, training wise. So that's why I'm, I'm you know, excited again for this, this upcoming training in the off season. Okay. How was your season? How did you, you know, how did you feel about how you played? The season itself, did you feel I ready? Think, <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. I think I did feel ready. I didn't show up and immediately felt like I had to like lose 10 pounds and run five miles every day to you know, get, get back in shape. So I think that part went pretty well. I think getting used to playing like under a new coach and with different teammates, I think the integration process is always a little tricky. I'm going to be honest, figuring out <clears throat> what my teammates want to do, you know, communicating to teammates, here's what I want to do. You can trust me to do these things. You cannot trust me to do these things. That degree, I think, was a little, a little tough coming in. And I think that did end up impact, impacting how I ended up playing. Um, so I think it, it was a, a successful season to kind of get integrated with the team, see where the team is at, see where I'm at relative to the team. And then now my goal is to just totally exceed that. Nice. So um, what was your role with the Breeze? And like, you know, how did you execute that role more specifically? My role was to cover handlers on the defensive line and then to help run the offense, facilitating from the backfield um, when we would get the turn. And I think that role is a pretty good fit. I think it worked out for most of the time. I'm looking forward to hopefully taking on more of a role offensively on the turn, having more of a part in running the offense, kind of back like when I was in college and in club. That's something I'm definitely looking forward to doing. And then another piece is still improving on the handler defense. I think I'm potentially at a juncture where I could focus on trying to cover any type of defender, but I think still trying to cover handlers better is a stronger niche looking at kind of some of the ways that some of the top teams are playing. For example, Raleigh has a really lethal small ball approach where they don't have the tallest people. They honestly don't even have the, the most explosive athletes, but they have such precision with how they throw and such trust and experience with playing with each other that they're just making these small cuts and it's really hard to guard and it's really conservative. Um, and they won. <laughs> they won the AUDL, the pro championship. They won the club championship with this small ball approach. So I think there is a 
a premium on people who know how to cover that because mm. I'm sure other teams will see that and be like, wow, well, that was a great strategy. We're going to work on that too, on that small ball. So I see myself really need to rise up to that challenge because yeah, I saw the small ball and I, <laughs> it was tough. It was tough to cover it. Jasper thinking into the future. Okay. I like that. That's how you're <laughs> trying, to trying to stay relevant. <laughs> That's how they say you're supposed to think about business. What's the next thing coming and how can you get on top of the next trend? I like that. So, you know, going into 2022, what is it that you want for yourself? What are your, what's your, what's your future and ultimate? What are your goals? You know, what do you want to be able to accomplish? I, I remember what you told me the one time. So don't be shy. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's see. So I think on a short-term scale, I definitely want to go through the full season. No injuries or anything. Knock on wood. Take on a larger role. Looking a bit long-term, there is a kind of like world, another world tournament that is open to anyone of any age. The world team, USA world team that I made originally was for people under the age of 24. So a smaller, you know, still a considerable amount of talent to compete against, but smaller than anyone at any age. So I'd actually been invited to try out for a any age USA national team, actually right before the pandemic in 2020 and didn't, I think I, you know, I could have done a little bit better there in the trial. I didn't end up making the team. And that's, I think, the most long-term and would be a huge, huge kind of personal achievement for me if I could do that. So that, I think that's one of my goals as well. Okay. I like that. I like that. All right, Jasper, back to world. Um, any, any thoughts for, you know, any younger players listening to this who – want to be able to find themselves having a path that's not all too different. You know, maybe they're struggling with some aspect of their athleticism or their ability, skill playing, and, you know, they have big hopes and dreams, you know, any, any words for them? Hmm. I think this would sound silly, but I think what worked for me in Frisbee is that I really just enjoyed it. Like all the times on the field, all the times, with my friends, it's like I'm spending all this time and if I'm not really enjoying the final product or I'm not really enjoying who I'm doing it with, I think it's far easier to have that doubt creep in your mind. Like, why am I even doing this? What is, <laughs> why does this even matter? And so I think surrounding yourself with good people that will help build you up, I think is super important. And then finding that intrinsic kind of motivation to push you forward um, will be key so that you you know you enjoy what you're doing with your time because at the end of the day i think that's that's what it's about unless you're getting like huge scholarship money i don't know <laughs> i'm not familiar with that frisbee is not a not a scholarship quit your job and do frisbee forever type of sport so it's more of a sport of passion i suppose unless unless you're um god what's his name the one guy plays for new york now he got that big like what do you got a forty thousand dollar contract or something like that <laughs> Yeah, there are some people on that team that either have cushy jobs or <laughs> no, like I mean, no, they got an AUDL like that. contract that's like a whole million oh, okay. salary. What's his name? He used to play for Dallas. He's like the, the super all star dude. I can't oh, remember his name. It? He's been around for a long time. It's Bo Kittredge. Yes, Bo Kittredge. I think it was uh, when he was in Dallas. He got signed to like somewhere between thirty and forty thousand dollars. 
Yeah. So yeah, if you are maybe like top five men's player in the world <laughs> in the US, you can you can get an ADL contract. Maybe more heading that way. But yeah, I think someone described it well as like as a teammate of mine in the breeze. Frisbee right now is kind of like basketball in the fifties. <laughs> you know, like still kind of working on the strategy, not maybe the highest uh, quality athletes, but I think that's honestly exciting because it's it's an opportunity that you don't necessarily need to hit as much of a genetic lottery to excel at ultimate. So, yes, uh, as Patrick Christmas once told me, he's the guy who founded the Austin Soul. He told mm. me once we had, we played summer league together when I first was the Austin. Oh, nice. I didn't realize how big deal he was. We won summer league. It was my only time winning league. Wait, no, did, did we win for the six boys? I don't remember. It was indoor. But um, <laughs> for for outdoor, we won summer league. It was my first summer league ever. Twenty. Oh wow! Fourteen <laughs> playing with Patrick Christmas, and I remember we were at a we were at this little bar, and he was like, "Yeah, um, I'm just happy to be able to play right now until all those uh, D1 football players decide they want to start playing ultimate, and all those <laughs> computer nerds and hippies are out of the game." <laughs> <laughs> there is there is yeah. some truth to that. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> uh thank you for being a trailblazer for you know ultimate AUDL uh you know that's that whole aspect of being like basketball in the 50s it's quite a quite a comparison it makes a lot of sense um hey thank you Jasper uh now you have to get back to training here soon thank you <laughs> listeners um I hope you all got something good out of this it was a great story to hear um you know love hearing people's trajectory and improvement and hearing about it while they're still in the thick of it, because, you know, there's a lot more ultimate left in Jasper's bloom. So um, thank y'all for listening. Hey, make sure if you like this, you like, subscribe, and share this show with a friend, with a teammate, somebody who needs to hear this message. Um, you know, we have a lot of interviews that we've had, you know, you've had, so hopefully you've enjoyed those. Uh, you know, we got to get back to the ultimate Frisbee uh, scene. If you're looking to throw with me and you're around Pittsburgh, hit me up. I need, a, I need a throwing partner. Jasper's not around to throw with, so um, <laughs> you're hitting me up to throw. But, uh, man, make sure you like, subscribe, share it. Also, in the description below, we have we, – we, we're dropping some ebooks, people. All right? You, you need information. We have it. So we have our ebook on, um, you know, ways to help eliminate knee pain. We have our ebook our, that Coach Kyle just recently dropped on sports mindfulness and meditation and – um, hopefully our strength training for young runners and athletes ebook will be out by the time this podcast is released. So, you know, make sure you check the, uh, episode show notes below, make sure you train smart, train happy. Uh, Jasper, thank you again. And, uh, yep, thanks, Donald. good people. We will see you on the next episode. Uh, train well, rest up. Holla. <laughs>